Welcome to Poems by Heart. Whether you're climbing onto an elliptical machine, slipping into a bubble bath, or five hours into a 15-hour family road trip, this is your sonic playground of poetry. We have the technology. We're going to build better brains, stronger vocabularies, and faster connections to a treasure chest of human thought and expression. Better. Stronger. Faster. I'm Cindy Dyson. Together we're going to build a more poetic you, and perhaps a more poetic world. Let's tune up our ears. Open our mouths and dare to memorize a poem together. Today we're going to be doing our first poem by Emily Dickinson. Tell all the truth, but tell it slant. Listen to the whole poem. It's short. Tell all the truth, but tell it slant. Success in circuit lies. Too bright for our infirm delight, the truth's superb surprise. As lightning to the children eased, with explanation kind, the truth must dazzle gradually, or every man be blind. Emily Dickinson was obsessed with the truth. You've probably heard some of her poems before. She's one of the most famous American poets and known for her originality of her syntax, rhymes, and images. Truth is a theme that occurs over and over in her poems. This one is actually one of my husband's favorites. When I asked him what it means to him, he tried on a Jack Nicholson voice and said, You can't handle the truth. Let me see if I can find it. Here it is. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! That's from the courthouse scene in the movie A Few Good Men. We're going to try a new way to memorize this time since we've got a short poem. We're going to try what's called the memory palace or memory journey method. This method comes to us from the Greeks who called it the method of loci, loci meaning location. It taps into two things our brains excel at, spatial and visual neural processing. It's why when a tourist asks us how to get to the best ice cream parlor in town, we can recreate the journey in our minds and give fairly complicated and accurate directions right on the spot. I'm going to admit I haven't used this method much for memorizing poetry, actually not much at all, and never before for memorizing a poem. I think I've shied away from it because for me, it feels like memorizing this way might take me outside the meaning and the sounds of the words in a poem, which is the very reason I like poems and like to memorize them. But with this episode, we're going to experiment with the method of loci and see In the first place, if it works well, and in the second place, if it messes with the pleasure of memorizing a poem. I really, really want your feedback on this method. Please go to poemsbyheart.com and let me know how the method of loci works for you, or doesn't. Did you notice how I use the phrases in the first place and in the second place? These phrases are actually remnants of the ancient Greek and later Roman popularity of this method of loci. Orators would memorize their arguments or stories or songs or poems by mentally placing key topics in a location they knew. The first place was actually a place the orator knew and had attached 
to the first point he wanted to make in his oration. Cool, right? Also cool that it was a poet who invented and popularized the method. It all began, so the story goes, around 500 BC with a rather famous Greek lyrical poet named Simonides. Simonides was hired to write a victory poem for a boxer and then perform it and other lyric poems for a wealthy patron's party. Simonides does his stuff during a feasting party. His patron is miffed that Simonides spends too many words on honoring two gods rather than his host and patron, and tells Simonides that he's only going to pay half of the agreed-upon price. During the feast, Simonides gets a message that someone wants to meet him outside, so he heads out. He's looking around for whoever wants to talk to him privately. When the whole dining hall collapses, crushing everyone inside. This is a huge tragedy for the town. Relatives come rushing, clawing through the rubble for their loved ones, but nobody can identify the bodies, which are crushed beyond recognition. Simonides realizes that he remembers where everyone was sitting at the banquet table. He's able to make sure each body is identified for burial. Simonides was intrigued by how his brain had done this and began to explore this memorization technique of attaching a spatial place to each bit of information, the method of loci. This method is huge among people who do memory competitions. Our first step is to decide on a location. It needs to be intimately familiar to us. For this poem, we're going to choose our own houses. We're going to enter by the front door and then pick notable spots in a couple of rooms. I'm going to use my house and you're going to substitute your own house. There will be some discrepancies. If you live in a yurt or a tree house or a van down by the river, there will be more discrepancies. But you can follow the general idea wherever you live. The second step is to pick your spots in each room along with the route you take to get to each one. For this poem, we'll need eight locations in our house because there are eight lines. The experts say to pick four notable spots in each room, so we're going to use two rooms with four spots each. The first spot will be the front door from the outside of your house. The second spot is a notable piece of furniture or art or whatever that lies right inside your front door. For me, this is an antique Chinese table I use for dumping mail and hats and so forth. Next, we move counterclockwise in the room to the next notable spot. For me, the sofa, stained with the sweat of teenage boys playing video games. Then we move counterclockwise and pick our fourth spot. For me, a Morris chair I found at a garage sale. That's four locations in my living room and takes care of the first stanza. Your turn. Mentally, start outside your front door. Then enter and moving counterclockwise, pick three notable spots in that first room. Once you've picked your spots, walk the route in your mind from outside the front door to each of your spots. Visualize walking and visualize each spot. I'll give you a little time. Now say the four locations out loud while you bring each into your mental view. 
For me, it's exterior front door, Chinese table, sofa, Morris chair. I'll give you a moment to say those four for yourself. Now we're ready to put Simonides' method to work. We're going to take ourselves to our first loci, our front door, and place information from Dickinson's first line there. The first line is, tell all the truth, but tell it slant. Say it with me. Tell all the truth, but tell it slant. We're at our front doors. Let's imagine a good-sized bear. It's got one of those half t-shirts on, the kind people wear to show off their abs, but usually just show off a saggy belly. T-shirt's red, and it spells out truth in white capital letters. The bear has one paw on a Bible, which has been carved with the word all on the cover. This whole image, the bear and the Bible and his t-shirt, are tipped, slanted, as if about to fall over. Close your eyes, unless you're driving. Picture your front door. Picture the slanted bear, one paw on the all-scrawled Bible, and say the first line with me. Tell all the truth, but tell it slant. Picture our bear with the truth t-shirt on, one hand on the Bible, scrawled with the word all, the whole image tipped slanted to the side. Picture that as you imagine yourself standing outside your front door and say the line, tell all the truth, but tell it slant. Now open your front door in your mind and fasten your eyes on the second location you picked, for me, the Chinese table. And say with me our second line, success in circuit lies. Picture that table, or whatever you picked, and imagine a roulette wheel spinning, landing on a number, and burping out a robotic voice. Success! Picture this, roulette wheel spinning, landing on your number, burping out robotic voice. Success! Picture this while you say the second line with me. Success in circuit lies. Now move counterclockwise in your room, and stop at the next location you picked, for me, the couch, and say the third line with me, too bright for our infirm delight. You're looking at your couch, or whatever you picked, and you're blinded. You put up your hand to shield your eyes and see a glowing, saggy, or infirm, old mattress with a mysterious letter D, flashing light in the middle of it. Imagine this while you say the line with me, too bright for our infirm delight. Let that image wash over you, really see this odd thing, shielding your eyes from a glowing, saggy mattress with a flashing letter D on it, right on your couch. Weird. Now step to your fourth location, for me, the Morris chair, and listen to the fourth line, the truth's superb surprise. Oh my gosh, are you seeing this? There's the truth bear from outside by our front door. He's standing on your chair or whatever. He's holding a bowl of soup. You can smell it. What kind of soup is it? Smell that kind of soup. Try to bring it up in your imagination. 
I'll make mine ginger carrot. The bear flings the soup in your face, yelling, surprise! Picture this. Smell the soup. See the truth, bear. Feel the soup splash across your face while you say the line with me. The truth's superb surprise. We've got a lot of crazy stuff happening in our house, and we've also hopefully got the first stanza of the poem down. Let's see. Go back in your mind to the outside of your front door. Picture the bear with the red truth shirt, paw on the Bible scrawled with the word all, standing all tilted to the side. Say the line while I whisper it with you. Tell all the truth, but tell it slant. Now open the door. See the roulette wheel spinning, then stop. Hear the robotic voice, success. Now say the line while I whisper it along with you. Success in circuit lies. Now step to the couch, or whatever you picked for your third location. Shield your eyes to see the glowing, saggy mattress emblazoned with the flashing letter D. Say the line while I whisper it along with you. Too bright for our infirm delight. Now move to your last location. There's the truth bear, holding a smelly soup, which he flings in your face. I hear him yell, surprise. Say the line while I whisper along with you. The truth's superb surprise. Oh yeah, the first stanza. How did that feel? Let's try all four images and lines. Mentally take yourself back outside. Start with your front door and move through your locations, saying each line of the poem. I'll give you time. How did you do? Did you get all of the lines? Most of them? I'll give your brain a little rest and talk about Emily Dickinson a bit. We'll likely do more Dickinson poems, so we're not going to talk about Dickinson's life except those things that touch upon this poem. Emily Dickinson was born in 1830 in Amherst, Massachusetts. The home she spent most of her life in has been turned into a museum now, so you should visit if you're near Amherst. The earliest known example of Dickinson's devotion to truth starts when she was 15 and attended Mount Holyoke Female Seminary. The headmistress of the school was known for instilling Calvinistic religious ideas of election in her students. The Calvinists, an early Protestant sect, believed that God chose which people would lead lives devoted to him and end up going to heaven. Every week, Dickinson would line up with all the other girls at the school and the headmistress would ask religious questions. At the end, she would ask all the girls who felt themselves established Christians, or chosen to be Christians by God, to go to one side of the room. She'd ask of the remaining girls who had hope to become established Christians or chosen by God, and ask them to go to the other side of the room. The girls who remained in the middle were those who expressed, quote, no hope in being chosen by God. After Emily's death, and after her poems had become famous, one of Emily's friends reported that Emily was the only one who often remained seated in the middle. This friend remembered that Emily had commented, They thought it queer I didn't rise. I thought a lie would be queerer. 
Although it may be true that Emily was once or often alone in being without hope that God had chosen her in these weekly religious separations, the school records show that 30 students finished that year in the without hope category. Perhaps Emily's soul and queer rebellion was catchy. Perhaps that is part of why her father pulled her out of the school after just one year. We'll probably never know. We do know that Emily remained focused on truth her entire life and that she intertwined her notions of truth with her ideas of God and the Bible. For her, truth was light. In the Bible, Jesus often speaks of himself as both the truth and the light. Listen to the poem again and see if you can pick up all the ways Emily links truth and light. Tell all the truth, but tell it slant. Success in circuit lies. Too bright for our infirm delight, the truth's superb surprise. As lightning to the children eased, with explanation kind, the truth must dazzle gradually, or every man be blind. I see bright, lightning, dazzle, and perhaps you could place slant and blind in this category, too. Dickinson's rhythm here is religious, too. The poem is written in what's called ballad meter, which was common in hymns. This form has the heartbeat rhythm of tadum throughout, but alternates between four and three tadums in each line. There are lots of pronouncements from experts about Dickinson's relationship with God. Some say she became more indifferent to God, others that she worked out her own unique understanding of God through her life. We don't know, but we know that she was skeptical of some of the fervor of revivalist Christianity at her to- in her time, and that she knew Christianity's message and its music in her very bones. Only a handful of Dickinson's poems were published during her life, most anonymously. Those that were published during her life, and all those that were published after her death, were edited, often heavily edited. So her unique capitalization and punctuation were often smoothed into more conventional forms. It wasn't until a 1950s version of her works was published that we see her poems in the form she wrote them. On the Poems by Heart website, you'll find a link to the poem written in her original form. I watched an awesome movie about Emily Dickinson's life not long ago. Cynthia Nixon, of Sex and the City fame, plays Emily. The way Nixon recites, Because I Could Not Stop for Death, made me appreciate this poem as I never have before. The movie's called A Quiet Passion. Check it out if you want to immerse yourself in Emily Dickens' strange and wonderful life. Let's try the next and last stanza of Tell All the Truth, But Tell It Slant. Listen. As lightning to the children eased, with explanation kind, the truth must dazzle gradually, or every man be blind. My next room for our memory palace is my dining room slash kitchen, which are open to each other. Again, we're going to pick four locations in this room, one for each of the four lines of this last stanza. I am picking my dining table, a breakfast bar, my sink, and a butcher block. I will move counterclockwise around the room. So I want you to pick your four locations in your dining slash kitchen area. Move to the first one, the second, third, and fourth. 
picture yourself moving to and looking at each of the four locations you pick. I'll give you a little time. Our next line is, as lightning to the children eased. So move to your dining table and see lightning shooting from the chandelier or whatever light source you have toward children seated at the table. The children, seeing the lightning come at them, ease back in their chairs to avoid getting hit. Picture the lightning, the children easing backward. And say the line with me, as lightning to the children eased. Nice. Now move to your second location. For me, a breakfast bar. And listen to the next line. With explanations kind. Shocking. On my breakfast bar is a kindly kangaroo hopping up and down and waving a toy airplane with slashing black X marks on its wing. Picture this. Close your eyes. A kind-eyed kangaroo with an X-marked airplane hopping on my breakfast bar. Say the line with me, with explanations kind. Now step to your third location, for me, my sink. In my sink is that truth bear from the front door and my chair, but it's all shrunken down and it's now fitting in my sink. His fur is all musty and he smells, but he's lathering up from a bottle of soap labeled Dazzle and gradually cleaning himself. Picture this. I'll give you some time. Now hold this picture of the musty bear in the sink, gradually cleaning himself with dazzle soap as you say this line with me. The truth must dazzle gradually. Nice. Last line. Step to your fourth location in the kitchen. For me, the butcher block. Listen to the last line, or every man be blind. On my butcher block is an old wooden oar, held aloft by tiny men, every one of them blindfolded. Picture them. They are thrusting the oar in the air, blindly bumping into the knife block and the remnants of an apple left out. Hold this image and say the last line with me or every man be blind. Nice. Let's check and see how well this method of loci worked for you on this second stanza. Go back to the first location in your second room, for me, the dining kitchen area. Step up to the table, or whatever you picked for your first location. Say the first line of this second stanza while I whisper along with you. As lightning to the children eat. Move to your second location, for me the breakfast bar. Picture what you've put there. Say the line while I whisper, with explanations kind. Step to your next location, for me the sink. Create the image we place there in your mind. Say the line while I whisper, truth must dazzle gradually. Now step to your last location, for me the butcher block. Bring the image we created to mind. See it moving? Say the line with me while I whisper, or every man be blind. Wow, we did it. An entire poem 
with the ancient Greek method of loci. Let's take the poem from the beginning. Mentally go outside through your front door. Create that first image in your mind. Then move to each of your locations, picturing and saying the poem's lines. I'll whisper along with you, but give you longer pauses between lines so we can fully conjure the images. We're at the front door. Tell all the truth, but tell it slant. Success in circuit lies. Too bright for our infirm delight. The truth's superb surprise. As lightning to the children eased. With explanation kind. The truth must dazzle gradually. How did you do? Let's go through one more time. This time you are truly on your own. Go back outside your front door, create your images, and say the lines, one place and one image at a time. How did you do? Perhaps even more importantly, how did it feel memorizing this way? Let me know at poemsbyheart.com. You'll help determine how many other poems we approach with this method of loci technique. Thank you for memorizing Tell All the Truth, but tell it slant with me. Until next time. You can't handle the truth! We just made our vocabularies a little richer, our brains a little more resilient, our company a little more stimulating, and our world a little more poetic. Most of us will need to engage with an episode three times to really memorize a poem by heart. But if you just want to get to know a poem and retain a few favorite lines, once usually does the trick. It's all up to you and how compelling you find a poem. Feel free to visit poemsbyheart.com to share your poem memorization stories or to help pick future poems and to learn more about all the ways memorizing poetry will make you stronger, faster, and an even better you than you are right now. Better. Stronger. Faster. Until the next episode, thank you for spending time with me in this sonic playground of poetry.